five, four, three. You are listening to Not the Public Broadcaster. Welcome back. It is Reese. This week I'm sitting down with one of the top mixed martial arts prospects in Canada, uh, Hakeem Dawadu. Hakeem, how are you? I'm good, man. You know, just uh, finished up some training, just helped with the kids' tournament at, here at Mike Miles. Um, you know, just enjoying the weekend. Great. Now, when I, when I ask one of the top, not top, man, you know, a top MMA writer, writes for SureDog.com, he was engaging with people on Twitter, and I said, who's one of the top Canadian guys? And he said, Hakeem Dawadu. And ever since then, I've been paying attention to your career, exciting things on the ascension, you know, do you think that you're still a prospect or you think that that you're on the map now? You're a guy that, that people should just be watching for. Um, I definitely think I'm a guy that people should be watching for. Um, it's been a, it was kind of hard getting my name out there, you know, really getting the, the audience to see me because it was so hard to find fights, you know what I mean? Everyone kept ducking out of fights, you know what I mean? But now I'm finally in a good uh, organization with WSOF, and I'm 5-0 and with five knockouts. So I definitely believe I'm more than a prospect. I think I'm the next thing, and I think everybody's always excited to come watch me fight now. So your next fight is a rematch, right? It's uh, July 30th, yes. and you're, you're going up against... Uh, Magomedov again who your first fight together which your most recent fight was a draw um, how are you feeling going into that fight man are you feeling more confident based on the way the last fight went I'm feeling definitely more confident uh, I think the last fight I was just a bit too cautious and I didn't do enough you know by the time the fight was done I wasn't even tired so um, this time I'm just going to get straight down to business I'm going to put the pace on him and I'm going to put him away now obviously the way that first fight went he, he basically He's out of Dagestan. He's one of those Dagestani guys, so they're grapplers. They're going to go in there they're going to try and take you down and hold you down. And that's largely the way most people saw the fight. He came in, he took you down, he held you down, but he didn't do much. Meanwhile, when the fight was on the feet, it seemed to be more that you were really pressing the action. You were hurting him more so than he was hurting you. Is that kind of how you guys saw the fight, or did you see it a little bit of a different way? Um, you know, the way I saw the fight is, you know, pretty similar to that. You know, he was, he was backing up, drawing me in so he could get the takedown. Um, the first round, he did actually take me down, and he tried to, uh, you know, get full mount, and that's where I swept him. So after that, he just started taking me down and not doing anything because he knew if he were to switch positions, I would have reversed it. So, yeah, he, he just laid and prayed, and on the feet, I definitely hurt him. You know, at the end of the day, he went to the hospital. I went out partying, so, you know, he took all the damage. I didn't. And you had a good night then afterwards. I had, a, I had an awesome night. You know, it wasn't the best night because, you know, it was my first time not knocking somebody out in MMA, so, you know, a draw was a little bit frustrating, but regardless, I still had a good night. And so your next fight with him, I mean, it's got title implications, right? If, if you win, you're, I mean, you know how they say it in MMA, guys get promised title fights, and then they don't happen. Are you fully expecting to get a title shot after this? I'm fully expecting to get a title shot after, um, after I beat Murat Megamadoff. I, um, I think I'm very marketable. You know, um, they like the way I look. They like my fighting style. Everybody wants to see me fight. And, uh, you know, Ray Seth already said, if I beat Marat, I get the title shot. So I fully expect to get the title shot. Moving on to that subject, then, you're talking about being marketable. Um, you know, on the top, top level of sport in the UFC, you got Conor McGregor. You got the Ronda Rouseys of the world. They've sort of shifted the paradigm, right? They're very much 
as good about promoting as they are about fighting. Is that becoming a focus for you? Are you trying to maybe become more of a promotable guy, uh, you know, speaking your mind rather than than speaking in more respectful tone, tones, so to speak? I mean, a lot of people like to see the guy who says, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to beat, beat this dude, I'm going to beat him bad, I'm going to beat him in the first round, I'm going to knock him out with my right hand. People want to see that. Is that something that you feel is within character or... Or are you just going to be who you are? You know, to be honest, um, I'm just going to be who I am. You know, I'm not going to be something I'm not. Um, as I've said before, you know, if, if I feel I'm going to knock somebody out, I'll, I'll tell everybody I'm going to knock this guy out. Um, being promotable, I think um, I think my fights kind of promote itself, but I have been, uh, you know, working on more, you know, being a bit more open with my interviews, expressing myself, and really letting the fans get to know. I think I was a little bit too uh, soft-spoken before, and that's just coming from a, a martial arts background when I did uh, Muay Thai kickboxing. There wasn't as many interviews, it wasn't as open speech, but now that I'm in the MMA, I've come to realize it's entertainment, you know, as much as the fight, it's entertainment, so yes, I've been open up to the audience and the crowd more and the fans and letting them know what Mina King's all about. Well, you're, you're certainly an entertaining fighter to watch. You know, you have that style that a lot of... Uh, MMA fans like to see, right? You're a striker, you stand, uh, you're dynamic, you know, you get in the clinch and you throw a variety of kind of strikes. You're not just a boxer or a kicker, right? Uh, against, you know, Chuka Williams and Tristan Thompson, I believe. Tristan Johnson. Uh, Tristan Johnson, that's right. Um, you know, you really had a variety of strikes. You were, you were beating them both up in the clinch with the elbows. Um, do you work more towards your strengths because that's your background, or are you training more with new things, trying to add new things to your arsenal and be more dynamic? Um, you know, I work my strengths. I work what I'm good at, but of course, I'm a, I'm a martial artist, and I, I like to add new stuff to my game, and already I've added new stuff to my game. I've upped my wrestling. I've learned a few new uh, kicks, you know what I mean? So I'm always adding stuff to my arsenal, so every fight I'm going to be better with something new. Some some secret for the next fight you might break out if you spinning back elbows. What anything? Um, I don't really want to say because, uh, but I'm telling you this next fight is going to be something flashy. I'll tell you that right now. Great. So uh, when when I watch your fights, you know I see a guy who's who's very comfortable in the pocket, right? When you when you get a guy who comes from a striking background, they tend to want to stand within range and exchange with a guy, right? That's kind of their style. Um, you're not really like an Anthony Pettis kind of guy. You're more, to me, like an Anthony Johnson. You want to stand within range and really kind of exchange. Um, do you see that as being your style, or do you, do you see yourself some other way? Do you think that you're more of a pressure fighter, or do you think that you're more... I mean, you're not really a counter-striker, right? You don't sit and wait. You try and push the action. What kind of style do you see uh, as being yours? Um, to be honest with you, um, I am an aggressive fighter. I do like to push the pace. I, I like to go for the knockout. I don't like to sit here and pitter-patter and get points. I like to put, you know, my opponent away. But at the same time, you know, with me having over, you know, over 65 fights, I do feel like I am every style. You know, I can sit back and counterfight if I need to. I can press the pace if I need to. So I feel like I kind of adapt to whatever my opponent is. What do you think is your greatest strength then? And when, when it comes to one real refined thing is it maybe your kicking game your knees your clinch game is there one thing that you think against anyone in my division anyone in my weight class they come into that world they're in my wheelhouse and they're in they're in a lot of trouble to be straight up i would just say anybody in my weight class that's striking with me is in trouble
the striking game I own. And I'll proudly say that whether it's punches, you know, if I'm fighting a boxer, I'll, you know, Tristan Johnson was a boxer. I outboxed him. If it's a kicker, I'll kick him. If it's a guy that likes to clinch, I'll outclinch him. Anything on the feet, I'll beat anybody in the weight division. Period. Striking, period. period. Striking, period. So, you know, you've got obviously some really, some big advantages when you go into a fight. You're clearly an amazing athlete, right? Um, You know, when you watch your fights, you've got real natural sprawl. You can sprawl on guys, like, effortlessly, right? You can get your hips back and just boom like that. Um, Do you think that there's... You're, you're more of a, an explosive guy, maybe your quickness or your strength. Is there one aspect about your athleticism? Again, like with the striking game, you think, you want to try and beat me to the punch? You're going to be too slow. I'm quicker than you. Yeah, one thing I, I, I have uh, been blessed with is I've always been an explosive athlete. Whether uh, you know I was playing soccer back in the day or even when I was boxing, speed and explosiveness has always been uh, on my side. So... That's one thing that I just add to my technique and my striking is my explosiveness and my speed and able to just get in quickly. So now your first three fights basically totaled to about just over five minutes. Basically one round of experience. But your three fights since then have basically totaled a full fight's worth. So your fights have been getting longer. Do you see that as being... Uh, more of an experience thing, maybe uh, a competition level thing. What do you uh, attribute that kind of extended uh, period of time in the cage to? Well, um, A, it just kind of how the fight plays out. You know, my first couple of fights, I hit the guy in the first round, they wobbled. I noticed that they were ready to be finished, so I finished them. As in a fight like uh, Tristan Johnson, you know, I had to keep chipping at him till he finally buckled and then I put him away. But if you look at my record, every single fight has been getting harder. You know, I've fought in a lot of unbeaten guys, a lot of guys with a lot of experience. So I've been getting tough fights. So, you know, if you're fighting a tough guy, you're not always going to put him away in the first round. Now, of all those six fights, which would you say was your best performance? You know, I would have to say out of those six fights, my best performance would probably be against Tristan Johnson. You know, mm-hmm. he, uh, yeah. he did a good job. He, he stood in front of me, so he allowed me to display my striking skills. And he was a striker himself, so he wasn't afraid to engage with me. So we were able, I was really able to get some nice exchanges. And as in most people I fight, you know, they feel my power, they start running, or they start trying to take me down. So I'm not able to display, you know, what I have. On that point, um, do you feel that, that, that that's something that, that you really kind of feel in a fight? Like when, when someone, you, you walk into a cage, it's, for the average person, they walk into, a, into a, any gym, they have no concept of what to expect. And as soon as they start grappling or start rolling or start sparring, they, they go, I'm out of my element, right? Do you feel that there's, that's an aspect? When someone takes a hit from you, you land something clean and they feel your power, you just feel the change in the momentum, you feel the change in their demeanor or their expression? Uh, definitely. You know, people, people watch my fights online and they, they think they got a game plan for me and they don't realize how hard I really do hit. So, you know, people can have a game plan prepping for me for three months and they get hit, they get hit hard and they forget everything. They, the game plan goes out the window. They start getting defensive. So, yes, getting hit by me is definitely, uh, it's, it's, it's different. I, I don't hit like the regular 45ers. I, I, could, I could knock out anyone, I feel like. Anyone? You name names? No. Uh, you know, name names, anyone in WSOF, anyone in UFC at my weight class, I'll put them away. You know, I, I've been blessed with, you know, heavy hands, heavy kicks, heavy knees. So I don't care who you are. Once they feel my power, they tend to, to change the game plan quite quickly. 
So your career professionally in MMA is still relatively young. It's only really been about two years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, five five wins. I mean, your last fight was a draw, but but really, there are very few draws in MMA. When it's a draw, it's because you know one of those guys really put something on in that one round. Um, so I, I would say that for at least for me, when I watched that fight, I didn't think that it was took anything away from your record. Um, you know, five and five zero oh, and one. It's there, but John Jones has a loss too, and that was a disqualification for dominating a fight. Exactly. Right. Um, so, would would you say that? Would you say that you're still ascending, and that where's your ceiling? Is there a ceiling, or do you think that you know what? As soon as I'm through this next fight, I'm going to get my title shot. I'm going to take that title, and then I'm going to go to the UFC, and then I'm going to like where where does it stop for Hakeem? Um, to be honest. I, I've always kind of seen myself as like a, a superstar, you know. I see myself winning this belt, you know, challenging the weight class above me, getting that belt, move on to the UFC, win the belt there. I see myself, you know, big mansion, you know, being in movies, being a celebrity, um, being the best pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. So I don't really think I have a ceiling because I don't really put a ceiling on myself. I'm just going to keep growing and growing and getting better and being the biggest star I can be. So you want to you want to capture multiple titles in WSOF? Yeah, you know I think once I capture the 145 pound title, I want to also go up to 155 and capture that title too. I think it's very reachable. I think it's uh, it's an easy cut for me. I only have to cut a couple of pounds. So yes, I once I get the 145 title, I want to do what no one else has done and get that 55 title as well. So what I, when I'm listening to you talk and, and your ambitions and and how you speak about yourself, that sounds very much like what's on trend, I guess you could say, in terms of the athletes promoting themselves, right? You're not afraid to say what your goals are. You're not afraid to say that, you know, the sky's the limit. I'm not going to put any limitations on me. Do you see that as being what's going to be the trend in the sports from a a business standpoint? Obviously, you want to promote yourself, and you're not saying all I am is a fighter. I'm more than that. Yeah, definitely. You know, everyone's trying to promote themselves. Um, the thing about it now is all these fighters, they're, you know, saying all these things, but they're not really believing in themselves. They're just trying to advertise themselves when they know very well that they're not at that level. They're not able to do the things that they're saying. But in my case, I really do believe I am, you know, the best fighter in the world. I believe um, I'm the next thing. So when I'm saying things like that, it's not, it, yes, it is me promoting myself, but I really truly feel like that. And so you want to be in movies? You know, yeah, I've always feel like uh, I'd, I'd like to be in a couple of movies. I'm, I'm very natural on camera. Um, you know, I'm always entertaining my friends. I've always been the entertainer out of my friends, you know, therefore that's why, you know, I'm the entertainer, the MMA fighter. But, yeah, I'd like to get in a few movies when I'm older. I would never let it, you know, affect my training camp like a, like a Ronda Rousey or something like that. But, yeah, after my career is done, I'd like to, you know, move on and get into some other things. I mean, that, that's like what Conor McGregor said was he canceled. He was supposed to be in the triple X, third triple X movie, and he canceled out because he said, I need to focus on my next fight. So mm-hmm. you, would, you would be more along that line. At the end of the day, fighting is your number one priority. Fighting is my number one priority, definitely. Now, when, when you train up here, you, you train with that Mike Miles. Um, you know, you're, you have multiple places that you go, multiple gyms you go. Um, how many different places do you train in the city and for which a, uh, aspects of the game? Well, here at Mike Miles Muay Thai Kickboxing, I obviously train my, my Muay Thai Kickboxing. I go down to Champions Creed MMA 
I train my MMA there, as well as my jiu-jitsu, as well as my wrestling. I also go to a spot uh, just down the street here at, called the Athlete Factory, where I do my strength and conditioning and my track and field. And then when I want to do my boxing, I go over to Teal Fist the Boxing and get my boxing in with Steve, Clair- with Steve Claggett and Eric DeGuzman. And you, uh, I read recently that you had been invited to go down to, uh, to train at the Black Zillions camp. Is that still happening or did it already happen? Uh, it hasn't happened yet. I'm planning on going down this summer. You know what I mean? Uh, probably after my fight with Murat Megomedov, I'll go down there and just, uh, just uh, spar with some other sharks. You know what they say? Steel, sharp, and steel. So I just need some guys to push me. You know, sometimes it's hard to uh, find sparring partners for me here. They either got to be a lot bigger than me or, you know what I mean, they got to switch in every round to keep them fresh. So I'd like to spar some other guys at my level as well. And you'd fit right in. I mean, they're the Black Zillions because they said they're either black guys or Brazilians, so you'd fit in perfectly fine other than being Canadian. How do you think that that would work out? I think I'd fit right in, you know what I mean? I, I got the style for it, I got the, the mentality for it, so I, I don't think it'd be nothing new. When, when you go into a training camp, is there, is there someone who you kind of have a coach who helps you build a game plan, or do you just kind of work with multiple different, all your different coaches, they all kind of contribute something, or is there one person? Um, I think when you go to a training camp, there's always the one coach you want to have a relationship with one coach so he, you know, he knows what you can do, what you can't do, what you need to work on. But, yes, I, I like to work with a little bit of everybody. And uh, the thing that I'm most excited for going down there for is the sparring partners. Yeah, so you can just get in there and just get tons of rounds in with high-quality level of competition, right? Exactly. High-quality level guys and multiple high-quality guys. And just get a few different looks. And, you know, if... if if you're weak at something and they can expose that, then you, you can see what you're weak at and build on that. Now, the sport's moving in a certain... It's evolving constantly. It's such a, a young sport comparatively to a lot of the major sports mm-hmm. in North America. Um, but, you know, a lot of people want to compare it to boxing a lot of the time, but it's not really like boxing in a lot of ways. But one aspect that I, that I like to wonder is, is it eventually going to reach a point where the business and the sport are close enough that fighters are building entire camps around themselves. You know, Floyd Mayweather doesn't go fly around to, to go get experience in different gyms. He has his gym. He brings in everybody to, to help him. Do you see that happening? Or, or the way that the sport's been for you, the way that you've grown in the sport, you're not really sure that maybe that's the direction it's going? Um, yes, you know, I think... I think uh... A question like that, to be honest with you, I think it's always going to be, you know, if you're you're one of the top fighters and you're getting paid enough, then yeah, you don't have to fly around. You can you can you can buy your sparring partners. You can make your sparring partners come to you. You can make all your coaches come to you. Um, so, I think MMA is one of those sports where it is the hardest sport out there, but we're underpaid. A lot of MMA guys are struggling, and. Uh, you know, for the risk that we're doing, I think we should be getting paid a lot more. You know, you see some of those boxing guys, they're getting paid millions. I feel the MMA guys should be getting paid the same. So any if I was in a position where I had enough money to bring my sparring partners and all my coaches and the training camp be built around me, I would do that. But for now, you know, you got to fly around. you got to get work where you can get it. Well, that was kind of more the official portion of the interview. So now we'll have a little bit of, little bit of fun. As a guy, like as a person, what, what would your, your friends say about you? You know, in the cage, you know, you've got kind of a trademark glare. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're intensely focused and yeah. you'd think that this guy's just coming in to, 
to annihilate somebody. But when you're hanging out with your friends, you say your jokes are a bit of more fun-loving. Are you a completely different guy outside the cage? Um, you know, the person in the cage is kind of just like, you know, I, I grew up pretty rough. You know, I grew up, uh, you know, not the best. Never had the most money. I got in a lot of trouble. So, you know, Mina Keem's kind of just like that anger that was built up inside of me. But, you know, when I'm hanging out with my friends, I'm a big prankster. I like to play pranks on people. I'm a big jokester. I like to have fun. So I'm not I'm not always serious 100% of the time. It's just when it's when it comes to fight time, that's when I'm mean Akeem. When I'm out of the cage, I'm just regular Akeem who likes to play jokes on people. Outside of the cage, is, is your is your do game as, as as crisp as it is when you're in in the cage because you've got always one of the best haircuts. It's looking it's looking fresh every time. Are you like that all the time or is it only when you come around to the fight, you got to go get that haircut? Like a day before, like some guys. Um, you know, it's definitely the freshest when I'm in the cage, but um, I, I, I go to Brothers Cuts just in Forest Lawn, and yeah, yeah. I always stay fresh. So, yes, I always – I'm actually, after this, I'm probably going to go get a haircut because I haven't had a haircut for a week. So I always like to keep the hair fresh. That's a, that's a priority for me. That's, that's the length between a week and then you got to go again? Yeah, I, I usually get a haircut every week or every two weeks maximum, but I got to stay – I always have to have a fresh fade. Now, do you have a do you have a, a certain a do that you're looking to get next, like a next level? Because one of my favorite uh, athletes is a, a guy named Paul Pogba. He's a soccer player, and he's always got one of the craziest. Like he gets a haircut maybe every week too, but it's always blonde highlights and like he had a leopard print on the side this one time. Is is that what we're gonna see from you soon or what? Um, you never know. You never know. It could be. You know, I, I might. I might be feeling something else, but for now, I think I'm just going to stick with the, the classic fade that I always had that everyone recognizes me by. That's your trademark for now. The mean, the mean Hakeem face and the fade. And the knockouts. Don't forget the knockouts. That's right. Um, well, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate your time. Um, you know, you're one of the, the top guys in Canada, so as Canadians, people got to be paying attention to you, man, because you're on the ascension. We're going to be hearing more of you in the future. I'm certain of it. Um, so I thank you very much for your time. Um, and, and, yeah, I appreciate everything, uh, all the questions you answered. People better be paying attention, right? Yeah, pay attention to me and Akeem, man, WSOF, future 145 and 55 champion. So pay attention, guys. I'm coming up. July 30th? July 30th. All right. You have been listening to Not the Public Broadcaster. Thank you very much. We'll hear from you next week.